1: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We saw a headline that, you know, flashed across the screen. If you were scrolling on Twitter, and that was John Morant said to now have Mm -hmm. season-ending shoulder surgery. And certain tweets hit like a dagger. And this was one. As somebody who lives in the state of Tennessee, like Memphis is about the only team that I get to watch on like a regional network because doesn't it feel like the Memphis Grizzlies are Ja Morant? Like, they have other good players, but he is unequivocally the face of that franchise. Oh, so yeah. when you see him go down for the season, especially after being suspended you know, for multiple games this season, he had a great comeback, had a game winner. The night he returned from his suspension, this was a Grizzlies team that looked like they had finally found their footing with him in the lineup. So now that he's out... Like, what do the Grizzlies have to root for? This feels like if any team mm-hmm. loses a star player, this has to be one of the worst ones to lose their star player.
0: Oh, yeah. The Grizzlies are John Morant. And just remember how bad they were before he got into the lineup. Not only were they fadeable against the spread, they were just a bad basketball team. And now he's done. Steven Adams is out for the year. This is just going to be a lost season for Memphis. And they were, they were beyond respectable. He only played nine games. Mm-hmm. They were six and three with him. So clearly, you add someone like that to the lineup, one of the premier superstars in the NBA, it changes the complexion of your team. And now what do the Grizz have? Nothing. And also, I think that's one of those things where you have to wonder how this is going to affect them mentally whether their motivation will stay in place, because even when they were losing early in the season, when Ja was was serving his suspension, you thought, okay, well, at some point, we get Ja back. At some point, we get Ja back, and now they know they're not getting him back. I mean, Lord. Lost season, Matt just put this in the chat, but he's right. At this point, you're looking for a draft pick.
1: Uh, Added to the list of Tennessee teams, because this Uh. is how you feel as a Tennessee Titans fan. It's wild because I just read an article on the Grizzlies. I think it was not yesterday, but the day before that, about the headline was this. I don't like to jinx anything, but I'm saying you should keep watching. That was Jaron Jackson Jr. on the Grizzlies season turnaround. And so, you know, mere hours after this article was released, John Rance out for the season, with a shoulder tear. So, like, he's not coming back. It's not one of those Aaron Rodgers things where he's like, well, I might come back. No, he's not coming back. Uh, I did think it was very John Morant of him, the tweet that he Mm -hmm. posted in response to this. It was very eloquent, very long, you know, very long-winded. It just said, damn, dog. That's all he posted. (laughs) Did you see this?
0: Wow. John Morant, (laughs) you're you are a master of the written word. Damn, dog. And that probably got retweeted 10,000 times. John ja Morant once again bringing it. Damn, dog. Yeah, they're cooked. They got nothing. They got nothing this season. They're going to be a fade candidate the rest of the year, just like they were for a long time early on for the first 25 games of the season. Then we got a bit of a respite. Memphis became a team you might want to look at differently, and now they're going to revert back to where they were.
1: Okay, so conventional knowledge would say, okay, if the Grizzlies are playing, do we just fade them? Because we do have a chance tonight. The Grizzlies on the road mm-hmm. at the Mavericks, and the Mavericks laying eight and a half points. Total of 234 and a half in this one. So, Jenks, yeah. we just talked about John Morant being the face of the franchise, what he does for that team. The fact that he is not only a good player, but also the point guard who is you know, running the offense and everything offensively funnels through him. So when you see him go down... And when you see how high the hopes were for the team before this injury, yeah, do we just take the Mavericks here, laying the eight and a half?
0: I think so. You want to see how the Grizzlies respond, which I don't think will be well. I also do like, and I know this is such a square play, but I like the points prop for Luka over, and I know it's always jacked up. Right now it's at 34 and a hook. But if you look at how he's performed at home, He scored at least 39 points in three of his last four home games. And when he didn't score 39, he dropped 34, and that was against the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have the best defense in the NBA. The Grizzlies' defense not nearly that good. So I think with John Morant out of the lineup, you're talking about a letdown for the Grizzlies, even defensively. Luka has continued to hit at a high rate at home recently. I'm actually going to go over 34.5, as square as it may seem.
1: I think the only sabotage factor for that one because I do agree with you Luca's having a great season one of the NBA's top point scorers right now yeah. is if this is a blowout which it possibly could be. You the only thing that kills props, you know, or the the thing that kills props the most yeah. is blowouts. Because if, you know, this game is a blowout, Luca's not going to play the whole game. So, I think, you know, tread carefully when it comes to player props in games that have high lines. So I'm just going to take Dallas minus eight and a half. Uh, it feels right. like a Dallas team that usually you don't want to trust at home. Remember, that was the metric last year as they didn't cover at home. But this year, pretty middling, nine and nine ATS at home. And I will say they've been better in their recent stretch. Five and one against the spread in their last six games. It just feels like a really bad spot for Memphis. And especially mentally coming off that news. It's again, yeah. a square play. But I will take Dallas laying at the eight and a half. Uh, let's look at the rest of the slate in the NBA and go to Orlando. Magic and Timberwolves squaring off. T Wolves short four and a half point road favorites here, total of 217 and a half. Usually that is my first gut. Instinct is taking the under in Magic games because mm-hmm. we know defensively they're one of the best teams in the league. But 217 yeah. and a half, woof. I don't know if I'm willing to go that low
0: i like the under as well that's my play i mean 217 and a hook you're right it's super low but i just mentioned it minnesota top defense in the nba franz wagner out for the magic that should affect their scoring output orlando is definitely an under team if you're looking at the trends they're 10 and 6 to the under this season that is the fourth best under mark in the nba and in four of the last six games between these two teams The under is hit. So trends-wise, based on who's going to play, who's not going to play, ah, man, it is a low number, but I think the under is the right side. That's where the money's coming in.
1: It's not just the defense for Orlando. It is their inability to hit three-point shots as well. Because in the NBA, if you ever watch a game with a total on your mind, there's nothing worse than turning on the TV and seeing these guys just nailing threes. Because in the NBA, we can see these wild point swings. Not for Orlando, though. They're averaging fewer three-pointers per game than any team in the NBA. That's right, even fewer than the Detroit Pistons. So scoring can sometimes be an issue for Orlando, and that's why we're seeing such a low total Uh, when it comes to this Orlando and Minnesota matchup. I would lean towards the under, but at 217 and a half, Mm -hmm. I am not going to add it to the official card. Uh, Next up, let's go to the Kings and the Pistons. Kings laying 11 and a half on the road, total of 240 and a half. I just talked about, you know, the Pistons, or at least kind of Mm -hmm. alluded to them being very bad. We know this. Historically, one of the worst teams we've seen in the NBA for quite some time. They are a blistering 3-33 overall this season when it comes to their win loss record uh but i think the dagger here is that cade cunningham is going to be out for this one and he has been the one shining glimmer of hope for detroit so he's not playing in this one this is a high number but i think i have to back the kings here at 11 and a half is this too much For, God, I can't even say that with a straight face. Is this too much going against the scrappy Pistons team? Like, I can't say that seriously.
0: (laughs) This scrappy Pistons team has put together three wins this season. These guys know how to cobble together wins. This is one of the worst teams in NBA history. I was going to ask you this. Do you even look at betting on Pistons games? Now, they're three and two against the number in their last five. But when you're talking about a team this bad, You never know when the bottom's going to drop out. When I see Pistons on the card, I'm like, ugh. Because you know how it is. The market catches up eventually, which is what we've seen over the past five games. I will say this. Sacramento is 4-1 against the number in their last five games in Detroit. I think the Kings are the right side. Man, these are monster numbers. Pistons will probably get blown out. I just see Detroit on the menu, and I'm like, oh, God, find something else, Michael.
1: You're right. The Pistons have been covering, but I think yeah. when Cade Cunningham is out, like you've yeah. seen some of the numbers for Cade Cunningham. Oh, he's he has leader. been the Yeah, he's been the biggest part of their offense. So when you take him out of the lineup, I think that is the thing for me. Uh, when you have somebody who, you know, two of his last three games, like obviously got hurt against the Nuggets, but against the Warriors and the Jazz, he had 61 points over those two games so uh maybe the pistons you can believe in them when they are fully healthy but without their best player that's a no from me dog i will take the kings uh laying the 11 and a half so we've got a couple other games uh on the slate start with the trailblazers in the knicks knicks laying 11 and a half total of 226 and a half jenks you've played the knicks before in fact I think this is one of the NBA bets that you've won on the show. It's part of the Knicks, if I am not mistaken. Are you riding with the Knicks here?
0: I sure am. It's going to be my best bet of the day. Love the Knicks in this spot. Ever since they made that trade for OG Ananobi, and I know I've said it before, they've been a totally different team. They've been crushing teams. They beat the T Wolves by six, they beat the Bulls by 16. They beat the Sixers by 36. Then on Saturday, they came to D.C., beat the Wizards by 16. Now, Hortland has not been bad against the number on the road. They're 10-9 and nine against the spread. But the Knicks are a different team. I think you have to throw out what we saw at least early in the season because the complexion of their lineup has changed. Also, even though that is the case, overall, with OG in the lineup or not, the Knicks are 8-3 and three against the spread against teams with a winning percentage as low as Portland's. I think we're going to see this number increase to 12, maybe 12.5. 12 I got the Knicks minus 11.5. I love this play, and I am fading the Blazers. Knicks have been red hot.
1: I also think this is just a tough spot for the Blazers, who have not played at home. Since December 29th, they've been on this uh, East Coast swing in their last few games. So, you know, situationally speaking, this is Mm -hmm. not a close trip. New York to Portland is a long flight. I'm sure they probably stayed uh, on the East Coast after playing the Nets. But still, this is just a long road stretch for a Blazers team that hasn't been particularly good at covering numbers anyway. Like you said, the Knicks have been red hot. So I think that is squarely the play. Uh, taking the next land the big number. So finally, let's get to the Raptors and the Lakers. Lakers laying four and a half at home. I don't think I like playing the Lakers ever just because it feels like you're never getting any value with LeBron James and company. But is there Mm -hmm. something to be played in this Raptors and Lakers matchup?
0: Oh, dude, I am not touching the Lakers. The Lakers stink right now. They are kryptonite. I would take the Raptors. They have been tinkering with their starting rotation, just trying to get something going. They played some rookie the other night that they just put in there just to mix things up, and he was off. I forget the guy's name. He is not a, he is not some sort of common household name. He's not even a residual name. Some random guy that Darvin Ham inserted in the lineup to try and spark the Lakers didn't work at all. I mean, at all. So, the Lakers were one in five overall in their last five. They're eight and 11 against the spread when playing at home this season. Even LeBron is coming out now and saying, We're not a good basketball team. Dude, give me the Raptors and the points. I need to see something different from LA outside of Selena Gomez and Benny Blanco making out at courtside, front back in the Lakers. So, give me the Raptors.
1: That's your wheelhouse, though, Mr. T. Snakes knows all about Benny Balzer, whatever his name is, and his uh, flower jacket. I will say the Lakers just knocked off the Clippers as four and a half point dogs. But other than that, you're right. It's been a tough stretch for the Lakers, losing four of their last five, only covering in three of those games. I don't think it's going to be the Lakers for me. And plus you see the regular question marks that we see on the injury report. LeBron James questionable with an ankle injury, Anthony Davis probable, which whoever Mm -hmm. knows with Anthony street clothes Davis, if he's actually going to be playing. But I will say there was a very funny meme that came from that last game. It was where LeBron James was dunking the basketball and James Harden was just in the background and you could see him just like incredulous. He was like, Whoa, what a dunk. I think the NBA puts out the best memes of any sport. Agree
0: yeah, I think so. Well, disagree? let me think. Mm, I would say number one is the Golden Globes, and then I would say the NBA, probably. <laughs> <Golden Globes. laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, the NBA has a ton of good ones. I'm thinking, yeah, baseball has the worst memes. You never see baseball memes, they're rare. So, yeah, I think you're well, because right. Because they don't NBA. let them
1: react. If you have any kind of reaction in baseball, they're like, that goes against the unwritten rules. That's against the rules. You walk over to first base like a man. We don't care if it just beamed you in the head. You don't touch it. But in the NBA, (laughs) we'll say the fact that they don't wear helmets, the fact that you can always see their faces. And we have, speaking of Golden Globes, I think we have some great actors in the NBA with some of the facial expressions that we get from LeBron James on a daily basis.